previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Blazers at that time were really good. They had uh, Rasheed Wallace, who was a graduate of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Mm -hmm. which was like the school. Growing Mm -hmm. up in Charlotte, North Carolina, everybody who was cool rooted for UNC. Everybody who was not cool rooted for Duke. (laughs) Sorry, Liz. I totally Uh, can get on board with that. that. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Ritz. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Roxy. Roxy. Oh, my gosh. Hi. Hi, Littles. We're all here. We're in the house. Ritz is in the house. I got my feet on Cool Aunt Claire's table. Hey, he took his shoes off, though. Don't worry. (laughs) Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, everyone. Littles, we have a little pep in our step. We sure do. We're excited Ritz is here because (laughs) baseball is back. Yes. We're that desperate. Baseball. Uh, there were two games yesterday. So we're obviously <laughs> talking about spring training. Full slate of games today. Yeah. We're very excited. And then we also have an event later today in New York City, guys. We do. Hurley's today, 3.30 p.m., NYC, New York City on West 48th between Broadway and 8th. If you're around in the city, be there or be square. Cool Aunt Claire will be there. Apparently, there's going to be some other surprise guests. Yep. I will definitely be there. Ritz, are you going to be able to pop I'm by? I'm going to do my best. All right. Certainly and a Roxy. semi-official loyal little <laughs> hangout. Right. And Roxy will be late, I I'll think. be a little late. She's going to be fashionably late. Yes. We are excited. Baseball's back. Now, uh, Ritz, do you it. even watch preseason? Like, you know, I don't make it appointment viewing. If it's on, I'll watch it because I. this is my time of year, man. Now, I love baseball. You already said that the Pirates are mathematically already out of it. Is Correct. That right? They've been <laughs> mathematically eliminated. <laughs> All right. We're excited, Littles. Big, big day today. Great Meet the Littles guest. Yes. We're very excited. Uh-huh. If you like baseball, you're going to want to come back to that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. First, so let's go down the list. we got so many, so much stuff to get into. Thank yous. Greg and Devorah Sheramita. Greg Sheramita, episode 154 for the box of that. Oh, my gosh. They sent us a nice little treat. It, it was, was such so a nice adorable. surprise. Yes, for opening day. Yeah. Yeah. They Real rang nice the treat. buzzer, and I'm like, are you expecting something? And you said no. And are you expecting something? I said no. <laughs> right. But I popped on down, and there was a box for us. And yeah. Lo and behold. Should we tell them what it is? I think we can tell them what I it is, right? I think we can. It's cute. They're, they're personalized M&Ms. Yeah. And they have little red socks on yeah. them. Yeah. And it, they have the Boston logo. And then most importantly... La cheeserie. They also say la cheeserie on them. So we thought that was really cute. The so rich underrated cheese flavored M&M's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, that's gross. <laughs> I would try that. <laughs> okay. Then we have another thank you. Claire Natola, episode one. She used the code. How sweet is that? She does so much for this podcast for us Uh, as you know, she's on our website as like our advisor or something. That's what I call her anyway. Mm -hmm. And, but she used the code and she went to Venmo and typed in LL pod and she sent us a one-time donation. That was really sweet. So remember, if you want to do that, you can do that. It's one time Mm -hmm. or you can go and become a sponsor, a supporter, I should say, just go to our website. Loyalittlespod.com. And scroll to the bottom. All the information is there with Anchor. You can support the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month. We really appreciate that. Now we have to get to some corrections. Uh-oh. We haven't done these in a while. Uh-oh. <laughs> we have a few. Seth Shaner, episode 207. He says, hey, Loyal Littles Pod and Noah Petro, wanted to clarify something. You said you were a, quote, big tent planets guy. Right, Noah? Not big ten? <laughs> uh, we aren't talking about adding Pluto to the league. They just don't bring much to the table in football, and it's a longer road trip than it is to USC. <laughs> so, uh, I should have started with this, actually. We actually have also a voice memo from Cool Aunt Claire. Let's take a listen. Hey there, Cool Aunt Claire here with the cleanup on aisle three. Just heard from Noah Petro. Turns out that he did not say that he's a big 10 planet guy. He said he is a big tent planet guy. <laughs> That's it. I'm boiling eggs. I told him I'd just been to too many rock shows and my hearing is gone. So she actually totally corrected her. She actually reached out to Noah as well and got it all you know, straightened out. And then uh, we also had another correction from the one and only Bobby Gottfried, episode 12. Here you go. Hi, Troxy. This is Bobby Gottfried, episode 12, with a pronunciation update for you. The place where Pluto, the other dwarf planets, and a lot of other fun objects in our solar system orbit is called the Kuiper Belt. It's pronounced Kuiper, just like Mel from ESPN. Hope this is helpful. So thank you, Bobby, for that. And then last but not least, we heard from Lee Gordon, episode 80. We love the voice memos. The voice memos are great. And I think they're on top of it. Well, I think they do it on purpose because then this way they know Chuck won't butcher butcher it. Right. Mm -hmm. Butcher it. And they this way they can have their say. Right. The way it should be. Right. Right. All right. Here we go. Hey there, Chuck and Roxy. 
Since this is about a pronunciation, a voicemail is in order. But first, about the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It's a really excellent place to visit. I've been there with a mixed group, some who were into racing, some who couldn't care less, and everybody had a good time. And now for the pronunciation. The part of the solar system where Pluto is located is the Kuiper Belt. It's spelled and pronounced like former major leaguer Dwayne Kuiper. By the way, I'm not surprised the pizza show is on Pluto TV. That probably wouldn't have happened before Pluto was demoted from a full TV channel to a dwarf TV channel. I see what you did there. Always good to hear from Lee Gordon. Now, we had a lot of good feedback from our last guest, Ashton. Oh, yeah, we did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Rich, you have the first email, right? I got it. Let's go. Hi, Roxy and Chuck. Loved the episode with Ace Jones. I am completely in awe that there is another little around my age that is a hip-hop head, is into sneakers, and a Raiders fan. Really, Ashton is the cooler New York City version of what I hope to be. Chuck, you are correct. The story is the girl with the green ribbon. It is in the scary stories you tell in the dark compilation. My wife is a huge children's young adult book nerd, and she confirmed. I also have a pair of Air Max Ones that I cherish. I bought them to A, make my eighth grade self happy, and two, to stick it to my parents that now I finally had them when they wouldn't buy them for me when I was in eighth grade. (laughs) Unsurprisingly, they didn't care about my rebellion, but don't you think that I don't wear them to my dad's for every holiday? Take that, mom and dad. I currently have 17 pairs of sneakers that I rotate through. For a while, it was primarily different releases and colorways of the Nike Air Pegasus running shoes, but currently it's a variety of stuff that I always wanted, like Adidas Superstar Shell Toes, like Run DMC and the Beastie Boys rocked, classic suede Pumas in the variety of colors in a very digible planet vibe, and a variety of slip-on laceless chucks. Though Chucks are not a Wisconsin winter option, I also have a pair of Nike Zoom Freak ones that I keep in a box that I really only wear to Milwaukee Bucks games at Fiserv Forum since they were the first edition of the Giannis sneakers. Wow, we're really going deep here, folks. (laughs) My wife also has the Coming to America colorway of the Zoom Freak ones, and it could be embarrassing when we are a little too matchy-matchy when we go to Bucks games. One last thing. Not Dead Yet is a decent show, and I'm glad to see Gina Rodriguez back on TV. If you haven't seen it, her previous show, Jane the Virgin, is an adorable and ridiculous ride that I think is worth the watch. It's an American version of the telenovela, including all the tropes that make telenovelas so endearing. Plus, probably the most attractive cast from top to bottom in recent television. Cheers, Jamie Armada, episode 153. Okay, I wanted to give this its due, okay? I have nothing to contribute to it. Okay. But that's why we have Roots here. Yeah. Because I feel like the sneaker talk is now going to be the wrestling talk. Oh, yeah. So bear with us for a couple episodes, and then it'll probably just trickle away. We'll see. All the topics. But Ritz, Littles, we don't even know our co-host that well, apparently. Because what's the one of the first things that Ritz walks in tonight to the podcast studio, (laughs) and he says to me, he goes, by the way, I would put Ashton to shame. Okay, because you guys might meet today. I don't know if he's coming. We invited. We you know oh, we told yeah. all the New York City littles we're going to be out today at Hurley's. But go ahead. I'm a little bit of a sneakerhead, and I've got to say my cheat code is that I have been an ambassador for certain brands through mm-hmm. the running circuit. Mm-hmm. So they literally send me shoes so much to the point that during the pandemic, we kind of dug through the deep recesses of a closet and the lovely wife said, wait a minute, there's a whole carton here of shoes you haven't even opened yet. <laughs> That's how bad it has gotten. So she's very indulgent. I do my best to wear a lot of shoes because I do run a lot and I've been selling a lot too. Now, so that last episode, did you follow him on Instagram? Are you on Instagram? I have followed him on Instagram. Okay. So yes, that's uh, there's sneaky a s- vibes or whatever. Yeah, it was. whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe you'll just maybe you can make a side deal. You don't <laughs> right. even have to use the website. I mean, I'm the, just so whatever. curious what brands y'all use to run in. Oh, stop. Oh, I'll, okay, that's I'll a whole other topic. Enough. Enough. Let's move on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Roy Swanson episode TBD. Just to confirm, the girl with the green ribbon or the green ribbon. It's in the collection of It's a Dark, Dark Room by uh-huh. Alvin Schwartz. I think we said that, right? All right. I'm going to sprinkle some of these in just because we got a, a few of them. We got a bunch, but I'm going to Howie Stoopsy Stoops, episode 199. Did you see they are casting a movie about classical composers using older action stars? Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. Oh, my God, yeah. Sylvester Stallone is going to play Mozart. <laughs> Bruce Willis said he'll be Beethoven. And Arnold Schwarzenegger said, I'll be Bach. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> Gotta love the dad jokes. I hope I delivered I that. I was falling for that, too. Oh, good, yes. good. That means I, I, I had a little... Dad uh, jokes are the best. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then we heard a lot about this by the skin of my nose. As yeah, Ritz said, did. all he knew was by the skin of my ass. <laughs> he said it. We also heard from Jenny Robbins, episode 57. Sorry, driving and listening to the pod, so thought I'd text. Mm, I don't know if that's very safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they speak text. We saw Claire do this. We did. Claire gave us a ride somewhere. And oh, it was when we went to see Dan Byrne. Yeah. And she's like talking into her car. Uh huh. And so that's how they do that. Oh, yeah. got it. Okay. I, we don't have cars, so we don't know these We're things. We're New Yorkers. We don't know from such technology. Right, right. But <laughs> be safe out there, littles. <laughs> All right. Back to Jenny Robbins. Skin of my teeth is from the Bible. Talking points. Yes. Mike Wolf, episode TBD. Chuck said he Googled by the skin of my teeth, but maybe he needs a new Google machine because he missed <laughs> that it has. He's so like, I don't know. <laughs> I get it. I'm an idiot. That he is definite origin much earlier than the Thornton Wilder play. There apparently is a book called The Bible that says in Job 1920, my bone cleaveth to my skin and to my flesh, and I am escaped by the skin of my teeth. Also, guest Ashton Kushner, does he mean to say that? <laughs> says that he hangs his toilet paper under because it's easier to tear. But really, isn't toilet paper the proverbial easy thing to tear? As in, they went through that offensive line like it was toilet paper. I don't know. Proverbial. <laughs> I mean, was that an autocorrect? Did he mean to call him Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> like Kutcher? Kutcher? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, but I don't see where you autocorrect to that from Wingate. So right, I don't know. Right. Anyway. All right. And then let's put this by the skin of our teeth or skin of our ass to bed here. What do you, you got one more, right, Ritz? Ed Butt weighing in episode 51. By the skin of my teeth and no skin off my nose mean two different things. Just barely and I couldn't care less, respectively. P.S. No skin in the game is similar to the latter. I'm not taking sides or doesn't matter to me who wins. Oh, wait, Chuck. I have another one about that. Oh, okay. Yes. Hi, Chuck and Roxy Doxy. Been busy and missed quite a few episodes, but loved the last couple. First, dad jokes. Never funny or never not funny. Ooh. Never not funny. (laughs) Second, it is no skin off my nose. I note that Tony Beeson has the correct phrase, meaning the one I use, that Pluto has been demoted. Well, actually, it is a little skin off my nose, as my very first college class was in the building that housed the Clyde W. Tomball Observatory at the University of Kansas. Who is Clyde W. Tomball? Well, he discovered Pluto and got his BA and MA at the University of Kansas years after discovering Pluto. So having Tomball's big discovery be downgraded is a bit unsettling. Songwriter Christine Lavin, who is known as a great writer of funny songs, has a long song called Planet X, the name given to the theoretical but yet to be discovered Pluto and what Pluto was called before it was named Pluto. I am sure it was just a coincidence that Walt Disney named the character Pluto not long after the newly discovered planet got that name. Also, Tom Bog is the great uncle of the great Dodger pitcher Clayton Kershaw. I think Tim Kirchin should ask Kershaw about his feelings about Pluto being demoted and report back to Tony. <laughs> Finally, Loyal Littles, the musical. It seems to me that the songs could be written by our very only, very talented jingle writers, or at least they could provide short transition songs, a.k.a. jingles, between segments of the play. And, of course, Tony Beeson should be the pianist for the musical, because, of course, we know that he has a piano. I will be glad to offer my expertise as second assistant sound effects person from my high school's production of Fiddler on the Roof in 1971. I'm an expert at breaking glass noises. To both of you and all the loyal littles, I remain Bob McWilliams, episode 171, and now the official Tony Kornheiser Show public radio jazz and folk DJ with a Harvard Law degree. P.S. Humble brag. (laughs) I know, right? Also, for those who might wonder about the viability of actually producing Loyal Littles the Musical, I knew Anais Mitchell back when she was starting out as a singer-songwriter and when she came up with the idea of a folk opera she called Hadestown, long, long, long before Broadway and Tony Awards. She had a dream and pursued it. I think, though, she might not be available or suited to write the songs for the Loyal Littles musical, but I can think of a supremely talented songwriter we could turn to. His name rhymes with Stan Yearn. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay fair wow. enough 
I don't know, though, if I'm investing my money if Tony Beeson's on the piano. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no offense, Tony. That is such a great email uh, and so much knowledge about Pluto. Uh, absolutely. I love that. All right, and then I forgot. And then we're getting to cupcakes, I swear, because I want to get to the cupcakes. <laughs> but this is from Bill Pitcher, episode 58. He said, when it comes to skin of your, quote, insert body part, my favorite <laughs> alternative is scum off your teeth. What? Seems more scum? accurate. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Isn't that plaque? No plaque off my teeth? There you go. Well, scum, yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> All right, can we get to the cupcakes? Roxy, please. Because Debbie Mittman sent in a really cool picture. I guess they sell these at the Capitals games. Yeah, it's the pizza cupcake. Right. Ooh, I want one. We talked about this on the last episode, the pizza cupcake. Yeah, she says, I can't say they look very appealing, but come on down to the Capital One Arena, Roxy, if you really want to try pizza cupcakes. That's all I've got. Debbie Mittman, episode 67. I mean, they look, I don't know. I, I really want to try it. Yeah, I just think I want to try it. I don't think I would I wanna love them. I want to try making but, these. But we got a real professional to weigh in, right, Ritz? Tim Cree, episode 107. Maybe not Tim himself, but my nine-year-old daughter says pizza cupcakes sound disgusting. (laughs) Absolutely. I feel bad for the nine-year-old that you get stuck while listening to this podcast. I know. I'll take pizza in any form. Maybe it's wheels on the bus go round and round and then Chuck and Roxy. I don't know. Maybe. Who who knows? All right. And then finally, are we ready? I'm ready. Should we drum roll on the table? It's going to make too much noise, but do it. All right, here we go. Dear Choxy, on the topic of having your soul crushed by a school authority in your formative years, I was bombing out of foreign language, French, back in eighth grade. I was pulled into the office and met with the teacher, the principal, the guidance counselor, and my mom. Now, in full disclosure, my behavior was an issue. I was talking the entire (laughs) class and distracting others, but this was more because I was not interested in the subject. Also, I like to talk. The collective force told me how I was screwing up my life and how that was putting myself on a bad path, not learning a foreign language. I didn't care. I wanted out. (laughs) The only alternative was a study hall of which I would have been the only kid there or a computer class. Solitary confinement was not my style. Other kids with issues were in the computer class, so it seemed perfect for me. It wasn't on PCs. This is 1989, but it was keystroke coding, so it intrigued me. My mom, echoed by the principal, said the following. There's no future in computers. You're wasting your time. <laughs> Oops. That didn't not, only, well. <laughs> not only did I love it, but fast forward 20 years when I earned my master's in computer science and have a career of building and retrieving data from storage that I built for all kinds of reporting. The insult is when I bring this up to my mom, she claims, A, I wouldn't have been more successful learning French, and B, she got into computers, and when she needs computer help, she refuses to listen to me. What the fluff? (laughs) Anyway, I never forgot what jerks everyone was about supporting me through my computer interests. Anyway, because I am modest, I throw it in anyone's face I come across that even remotely sided with the French side of the debacle. Episode 178, better than a hockey segment. P.S. The dad jokes are 100% not mine. I have a whole stack of them, but I knew Choxy would enjoy them. I'll give you another 30 subpar second segment shortly. Well, hello. This came in like two days ago. I know. I'm waiting. Shortly. <laughs> I'm waiting. I guess we're going to continue waiting, but that's okay because are you ready? I'm Let's ready. Let's just get to it. Were you ready to talk baseball? Oh, we are ready. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, this is Jason Fraley from WTOP's Beyond the Fame podcast, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC podcast network. I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, today's 300 years since Galileo looked through a telescope. Tony, have you looked through a telescope? I'm Tony Kornheiser. Just last night I was peeking at Uranus. Ha ha ha, real funny. It's always funny. I told that one to Ty Cobb. Oh, I bet he was laughing, Tony. Yeah, while spiking me in the ankle. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, women... We are being played in this episode by the one and only Dan Byrne. Now, we had a lot of songs to pick from Roxy for this. He does a ton of baseball songs, obviously, and sports in general. But this is my favorite, personally. So I'm going with this. Also, because I don't believe this is on the albums of the Tony Show music because it's more PTI related. But anyway, this song is called 100 Years Ago on PTI. 
and Littles, you know where to go. We've said it a bazillion times, danburn.com. And if you give him a follow on Twitter, at danburnhq, and head on over to Bandcamp to get all his stuff. Do it. Do it right now, danburn.bandcamp.com. And all his stuff is there, including the Tony Kornheiser albums, all his stuff. It's just great. 100 years ago on PTI, one of my favorites. Mine too. And remember, as always, we will play the full song 100 years ago on PTI at the end of the podcast. Good job out of you. Babe Ruth is in his first year with the Yankees after coming over in the trade from Boston. Having a great year, Tony's going to shatter his homer record from last year. Yeah, he can't keep it up. They should sell him back to Boston while his stock is up. Now would Frazee even take him? Mike, he was better as a pitcher. 26 inning game in Boston. Yeah, you slept through the last 23. Baseball needs lights. Never gonna have the defending champion White Sox. Can they repeat? If Shoeless Joe stays healthy, Tony. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. Well, sort of. How freaking lucky are we? I mean, baseball I, season is coming. I know. I'm so excited. So excited. Littles, hold on to your baseball caps. Please welcome to the podcast, Mark Feinsand. Hey, Mark, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're great. This, that's all we could say. We really appreciate you taking the time to come on and meet the Littles with us. Now, what we do, we know you don't haven't listened to a lot of our episodes, but we like to go way back. We all know you from the big show and all these other places, ESPN, MLB, all that stuff. But let's go back. Introduce yourself to all the loyal Littles out there. Tell us a little something about yourself, how you started on all this stuff. Uh, how I started on all this stuff was I was a big sports fan growing up, obviously. Uh, my teams were the Yankees, the Islanders, the Knicks, and my one sort of offbeat team was the Washington, formerly known as the R-Words. Uh, <laughs> and growing up in New York City back in the 80s, it wasn't exactly easy to find coverage of the Washington team other than, you know, when they played the Jets or Giants and they were in the local newspaper. But there was a store down about 20 blocks from my house. Uh, I grew up in New York City. And about 20 blocks away, there was a store called State News that had out-of-town newspapers, Boston, Philly, Washington, et cetera. Uh, they would get them in probably about noon every day. And so on football Mondays, I would always go down to State News to buy the Washington Post to read Tony and Wilbon, and among others, and their take on, uh, on the Washington game. So that was where I first was sort of introduced to the world of Tony Kornheiser. And then obviously once PTI started, you start watching them on sure. TV every day. And, uh, you know, once podcasts began, all of a sudden you hear his radio show down from DC. And, uh, I always liked listening to a lot of the Washington radio stations during the season. Once those were available to me because, uh, kept me up with my football team. So, right. uh, that's sort of how I got involved in this nonsense in terms of my career. I went to Boston university as a broadcast journalism major, had the goals and hopes of either being the next great play-by-play guy or the next Mike and the Mad Dog. Neither of those happened. I ended up getting into the writing gig instead. And uh, I've been doing that now for 27 years, the last 22 covering Major League Baseball. Wow. Now, is that something you always, like when you were in high school, you said you grew up in New York, right? And you went to high school here? Yep. Is that something you always yep. wanted I to went get to, into? I went to Hunter. Yep. Okay. Nice. Um, no, I actually went to college initially to be a movie director. Ooh, um, yep. That was my goal when I, when I graduated high school, I had been, you know, messing around with little video cameras and making movies and loved Tim Burton's movies. And, sure. you know, obviously the greats with Scorsese and Coppola and those guys. And I wanted to be a movie director. And then I got to be you and in their communications one-on-one class, you do like two weeks or three weeks on each different aspect of the communication school. So there's, uh, you know, television production and film and journalism and broadcast journalism and PR and marketing and all these other things. And the film lectures were dreadfully boring. Oh, no. And I, I'm sitting through these going, did I make a mistake? Do I really want to go through? Is film school going to be a lot less fun than I thought it would be? And then uh, the next segment after that was journalism. And they brought in a gentleman named Jack Falla, who used to write for Sports Illustrated. He was a very well-known hockey writer. And he is wowing us with these tales of traveling with Wayne Gretzky and writing profiles on Bobby Orr and all these other things. And I was like, wow, that sounds really cool. And that was when I, so first semester of freshman year, I just made a huge left turn, got away from the idea of getting into film 
and decided sports journalism was going to be the avenue I took instead. Now, this is so interesting. Now, we're both in the entertainment business. I'm, you probably don't know that. So obviously, this is fascinating. So you were a big sports fan as a kid, I assume? Yep. And so where did the movie stuff come in? Where did that passion? Was that family or something? Oh, I was also, I was also a huge movie fan. I, mean, okay. I, I watched every movie I could get my hands on. Right. Very extensive VHS collection uh-huh. of both movies I would buy, movies I would tape off of HBO, you know, and I had just, I, I loved movies. I couldn't get enough of them. I loved all different kinds of movies. And I think probably the idea of being a director came into my mind right around ninth grade when I mentioned Tim Burton, when the first Batman came out Hmm. and I was so floored by that movie and everything about it. And I watched every making of and behind the scenes vignette and special. And I just thought it was such a cool job to make movies. And I just decided, you know, sports was a hobby. And at the time movies was the passion. And I, I just thought that would be a, I was consider myself a creative kind of guy. Yeah. At the time, I think I had it was not until maybe 11th grade. Uh, I had a teacher named Ms. Warner who saw something in my writing and really encouraged me. And she was the first teacher who did that uh, and really made me believe that I could write and that I was a good writer, which was a pretty pivotal moment for me as well. But I just decided I wanted to do the movie thing and uh, until I actually started taking a brief bit of classes on it. And uh, I just decided I wasn't sure that that was ultimately going to be the way I wanted to go. Right. right. Now, the directing part. Now, did you ever do live theater by any chance in like high school? I was a big theater geek in high school, did a lot of stuff, musicals, plays. I assistant directed. I directed One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest my senior year, you know, stage production of that, which I had a wonderful time doing. And, and that really kept me thinking that like the directing thing was where I wanted to yeah. go. Yeah. And maybe I would have been right to go think about directing stage instead of screen. But it all worked out pretty well in the end, but uh, and I still I still love theater. Actually, just my wife and my son and I went to see a Little Shop of Horrors the other day, nice, uh, which was fantastic. Yep. Uh, I was actually in that show when I was in like eighth ninth grade, and I was telling my son who all of the parts were because a bunch of my friends who he knows were in it with me. Yeah, yeah, I, I love theater. I'm a huge Broadway guy, and I was trying to see as many musicals as I as I possibly can, although. The prices of them these days make it a little hard to just go as often as you'd like. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear that, obviously. Now, what I wanted to say, though, is especially because you were in New York. Now, do you remember, like, was it BU that made that decision to go into movies instead of straight theater? BU was the thing that certainly put me on the journalism path because if I had never met Jack Falla and listened to his lectures and he ended up being a, a big mentor to me, I ended up taking his sports journalism class. I stayed in touch with him for many years after school. He passed away several years ago, but he was a, a huge, uh, huge influence on me. Mm. I actually, when I was applying to college, and if any of my friends are listening to this, they're going to be like, enough, stop telling this story. Uh, <laughs> my number one school that I wanted to go to was USC uh, wow. since night because of their film school. Okay. And wow. as a result, I'm a huge USC football fan. I've been following them since 1989, the Todd Marinovich and Rodney Peake days. And I got into USC. I got in two days before Christmas in 1991, and I was done. That was it. I was going to USC. I sent in my acceptance. I got my dorm assignment. I was going to USC. And then a few months later, the Rodney King riots broke out. And all of a sudden, my New York City mother had some reservations about sending me out to go to USC. Mm. Uh, After watching a lot of the coverage and seeing the proximity of the campus to where all the rioting was, and so it came down to BU in Syracuse, and I had gotten into the communication school at BU. I had not gotten into Newhouse, and so I went to BU. So uh, this is these are those little sliding doors moments in life that you just don't know how they're going to work out. I met some wonderful, amazing people at BU, both professionally and personally. I can't imagine having gone to school anywhere else. I think about what my life might have been yeah. like had I gone to USC. Uh, I would probably be living in California trying to, you know, hopefully by now having succeeded in the film business, but you know, I probably wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have my kids like the, you know, the things that have happened in my life have all gone in a perfectly wonderful direction because of going to BU and sort of the track my life took. So I have no complaints or regrets and I still get to root for USC because BU didn't have a football team. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I got that going for me. Yeah. 
Wow. And just one more. And I, I'm sorry, little, Littles will understand why we go in this direction, but I'm, we're fascinated by all this. And this is why we do these mm-hmm. interviews, right. because I bet you there's a ton of Littles Nobody's that has no idea. My background, so I'm happy to help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what about screenplays? Did you ever have a passion to possibly write a screenplay since you're writing? Um, not really. I was more into the the visuals of it and, and taking, I mean, I wrote some stuff, obviously some of the quote unquote short films. I really like hesitate to even call them that, but mm-hmm. you know, the little things that me and my friends messed around doing, uh, obviously we wrote whatever they were, yeah. but I never considered myself to be a, a strong writer. Again, you know, 11th grade that started to turn a little bit mm-hmm. with a little encouragement from that teacher, but no, I was, I was more into the taking a, a piece of work and then lending my vision to it more than anything else, which is why I, you know, I enjoyed directing, uh, uh, you know, the plays in the high school. And there was actually, so at Hunter, they had this theater group called the brick prison playhouse. Cause if you've ever seen Hunter high school, it's in an old armory. It's a big giant red brick building mm-hmm. that looks like a castle. It's an old armory. And so there's no, and there's really very few windows in the place. And so the nickname among the students is the Brick Prison. Um, so there was a Brick Prison Playhouse, which was a performance that was put on every year where students would submit their original plays, you know, like 15, 20 minute plays. And then six or eight of them would get chosen and then directors would be chosen and then they would cast them. And the, it was a fully student written, directed and acted performance. And so I never wrote anything for Brick Prison, but I directed a few of them. Um, and so I think I just enjoyed the idea of taking some other work and then lending my vision to it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's so fantastic. All right. Now, Mark, real quick, let me get into this. I think I know the answer, but I'm not, you never know. Uh, and then I'm going to get into like how lucky you are, but where's your favorite sports teams, your fandom? I mean, I'm assuming you like baseball, things like that. So like I mentioned, I, I grew up Yankees, Islanders, Knicks, and Redskins. And, uh, the Yankees part of it has probably died just because I've been working in baseball for more than two decades and yeah. I was on the Yankees beat for 16 years and right. you can't have emotional attachment to a team that you cover because you're going to cover a lot of their losses and after those losses, you just can't care. You have to just do your job and write and report, right. not put any emotion into that. So I love baseball and I still watch a ton of baseball games and but I, I can't say that I have the fan passion for that sport anymore. The Knicks have just killed my passion for the. <laughs> yep. uh, I mean, back in the nineties, that was yeah. one of the things that controlled my life was every night watching the Knicks when they were on growing up. I would say the Islanders were probably my favorite team because my grandparents had the season tickets. They lived on an Island and I used to just go to a bunch of games and they were winning the Stanley cup like every year yeah, when four, I was four in a row. Right. Yep, six, seven, eight, nine years old. That's a very formative time in your life. Sure. So, still a big Islander fan. You know, the last few years when they've started a little bit of a resurgence, my kids have started to get into it, which has been just great. But the Washington football team is probably the one that I am most passionate about. And somehow they haven't killed my spirit in the last 30 years, okay. even though they probably should have. You know, they won yeah. Super Bowls by the time I graduated high school. And I think they have two playoff wins since. Yeah. So, you know, like every other Washington fan, I'm just anxiously waiting for the day that there's a new owner and they can maybe try to turn things around. But they've at least been somewhat entertaining to watch the last couple of years. And I know that Taylor Heineke is never going to win a Super Bowl, but I just can't stop rooting for that guy because he's just so much fun to watch. Yeah. And we, I should say, not we, I have a soft spot for them just because of Tony Kornheiser, right. which we're going to get into, obviously, in a few minutes. But we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Ron. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And Roxy, how much fun are we having? This is great. We have Mark Feinstein with us. Now, Littles, you're going to thank us for this. Now, we always say when we take a break, we take a break. And you're going to thank us because we just went into a survivor rant off air. We did not realize that Mark was also a survivor fan. So you said you've tweeted with Rick Devins a bunch? Yeah, we've uh, we became sort of Twitter buddies and we DM each other once in a while, random thoughts and, and you know, routine, uh, some DMs about uh, whether it's about the Tony show or whether it's about uh, our love for the Washington football team yep. uh, or occasionally a survivor. 
yep. uh, situation, although I am one season behind. Unfortunately, I have not watched this last season. It's on my DVR. <laughs> and, you know, when you get away from, you know, you missed three, four episodes. I watched like the first two and then I got, I don't remember if it was the playoffs or whatever it was. Something caused me not to be able to watch and it just got so built up and you're like, oh, yeah. now where am I going to find six hours to catch up here? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So it's still sitting on my DVR, but uh, maybe uh, maybe during my travels this season, I'll be able sure. to catch up. All right. Sure. Well, no spoilers here, but now let's get into what I think the loyal littles really want to know. Let's talk baseball, but let's talk Tony first. Now, you had already dropped that you would run to this. Was it a newsstand, you said, and buy the Washington Post? Yeah, it was, a, it was a store called State News that had some out-of-town newspapers. Right. So now what was this like years later when – let's just jump to you're on the Tony Kornheiser show. I mean, go into how you first met him, things like that. Well, so I was terrified the first time I went on Tony's show because it's Tony Kornheiser. And yeah. I've been reading him for over 30 years and watching him on PTI and listening to his radio show when that became available to me. And uh, you know, obviously the podcast, once I found that – and so I had sent in a couple of mailbag letters, you know, once or twice, uh, especially when he first started talking about camp because Tony went to Camp Kiyuma, which later became the grounds for Camp Westmont, which is where I went. Uh, and so I, I knew when he started talking about Orson, Pennsylvania, there was a, ooh, we actually have a bond here besides the fact that I just like reading him and listening to him. So I actually, before I was ever on the show, I had messaged with Nigel a couple of times on Twitter. And sort of just wanting to just let him know, hey, if you ever need a baseball guest, I'd be happy to come on. And I worked with Richard Justice, and Richard had put a good word in for me as well. And so I think there was a week where Richard couldn't make his appearance, and they reached out to me. But before that ever happened, I was in D.C. covering a national series. And on my way out the morning after the game, I had messaged with Nigel, and I stopped in at Chatter just to watch the show. Um, and they let me sit in the studio and I watched and I, you know, I met everybody, but they couldn't have cared less that I was there. Uh, it was Tony, it was Michael and Gary and Saliza. And they all said, hi, how are you? They had no idea who I was. They couldn't have cared less that I was there. I literally just sat there and watched the show just like I would have been listening to it in my car. I took a picture with Tony afterwards. He has like the faintest smile ever. It was almost like, why are you annoying me taking this picture? And I was like, oh God, he hates me. This is horrible. What a hope I never see him again because if he remembers that I was this guy who just sat in the studio uh, and then asked him for a picture he's gonna be like you're in dope get away from me so then Nigel asked me to come on the show when Richard couldn't do it and I was so nervous and as much as I do in my life baseball wise I read everything in the world that night just in case there was a question he asked me that I wasn't prepared for I wanted to be prepared sure. and I thought it went well uh, Nigel said it was great I second-guessed pretty much every word I said and that was that. And I figured it would be a one-time thing, and that was that. And eventually, he called me again, and then he called me again, and then all of a sudden, I was—I'm not a regular like Jason looking for or anything like that. But you know, he calls me, you know, once a month or sometimes twice a month. Or the one thing I can count on is Nigel will call me during an All-Star game or a winter meetings when they're on the West Coast, and I have to wake up Wilbon time at 5 a.m. And he's always like, "Oh, I forgot it's on the West Coast, but can you still do it?" And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, "Sure." Tony Show is probably the only show that I will never say no to and it's more out of my love and respect for Tony and his work and what he does and knowing the joy that this podcast brought me as a fan as a little I think I know what this podcast means to people who listen to it and I if it is humanly possible for me to do an interview when they call I make sure to do it that's great and that's what we hope to do here is that so he'll understand what his podcast means to so, many. to so many people. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, we have a very similar story. If I ever get to meet him again, I'm praying he doesn't remember the one time I met him, <laughs> uh, which the littles know the story. I'll tell you off air maybe sometime, but it, it involves a little bit of stalking out in front of a Broadway theater. Right. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I felt bad because Carol was with him. I never even said hi to her. I was so like nervous and so just infatuated with meeting Tony Kornheiser for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if we may, I don't know, are we allowed to talk baseball a little bit? We're coming up sure. on the season. Yeah, I mean, so what are your thoughts on the upcoming season, things like that? Now, it's funny, you kind of answered in the first segment one of the main questions I had, and you kind of answered it, and I kind of felt bad for you, but it was basically, are you allowed to root for the team you write for if you want to and stuff like that? And it kind of got to me a little bit when you said you had to just let it all go and it just you can't even have any emotion for the team. 
Yeah, I don't – now I'm a national writer, so I cover the whole league. So I, if I wanted to go back to rooting for a team, I probably could. It just sort of isn't in my blood. You know, when you don't root for a team in a sport for over 20 years, it's hard to just sort of jump back in. That said, my kids are both Yankee fans. My father is a Yankee fan. He grew up two blocks from the stadium. So, you know, there's still sort of a Yankee vibe in my house overall. I've written three books about the Yankees. So right. people associate with that team quite often. Like I said before, though, I just love the game. Yeah. I'm happy. I root for stories and I root for people. Right. Um, I root for good stories that we can write about and that are going to be interesting to spend my time writing something that I hope people will enjoy reading. And over 20 years in the game, you get to know a lot of people, players, coaches, managers, executives. And so you sort of find yourself rooting for the people more than the laundry. If there's a guy who I covered who's having a huge postseason. I feel really good for that person. And in some cases, you've gotten to know their families or you've gotten to know sort of their background or stories. So I, I root for people and I root for stories more than teams. I leave the dopey fan team rooting to myself with uh, with the other sports. Right. Were you a Dusty fan? Dusty Baker? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that for us, that was I, the one reason, the only reason we were rooting for them this year. Just you know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You know, and sort of alternately, I was kind of rooting for the Phillies uh, last year because Rob Thompson was a guy who was on the Yankees coaching staff for many, many years. Uh, and I knew him very well. Mm-hmm. Kevin Long was their hitting coach. David Robertson was in their bullpen. And I covered him since he was in the minor leagues. So again, it's more about the people that you know. And at the same time, there were people on the Astros who I don't know Dusty very well. I've obviously you know, talked to him several times, but I don't have a personal relationship with him. Mm-hmm. But there were people uh, in the Astros organization who I did. So uh, for me, I was going to be happy for somebody, no matter who won that World Series, but obviously the, the Yankee connections that I had with uh, with Rob Thompson and Kevin Long and David Robertson, those are guys I knew, you know, know very well and would have been would have been very happy to see them succeed. Yeah, I never even thought about that in today's world. See, back in the day, you like as Tony says, you played for one team. Now it's it's money, you know, right. and, and contracts and things like that. So yeah, I forgot how people just jump around so much, you're probably gonna have a connection with someone from when he was something with the Yankees or whatever, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's interesting. I'm going to throw a name. Danny Watson. Do you know that name? I do not. Okay. All right. Young kid coming up with the Yankees. He's, he played single A last year. Relief pitcher. I went to school with his dad. So I was, I, oh, nice. I, I'm following him. Like we already disclosed that we're Red Sox fans. So I'm not too into the Yankees. Well, but kind you are, of. Keep you your are, enemies close, right? Yeah. I mean, you uh, were and we live Jeter, in New York. So. We were at Jeter's 3000. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a that. baseball fan first, too. I was, yeah, I, would, I had tickets for that whole weekend for Jeter's 3000th. And I wasn't going to miss it. I mean, the history is what I go for right. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you said it best. I just love baseball. Well, um, ironically, I was not at Derek Jeter's 3000th kid because uh, we had scheduled a trip to Hershey Park with my family oh, and wow. other family. And, you know, this is in July. And at the beginning of the season, when you sort of projected out when mm-hmm. Jeter was going to get the 3000th, that was supposed to be early June. Uh, and then he ended up on the DL for like a month. Right. Um, and that pushed it back. But we had these plans. I wasn't going to cancel them just in case he got the hit. And then, of course, I was um, at the water park in Hershey Park and I cut off a water slide or something. And I went to look at my phone and I had about 400 text messages of people. I can't believe you got to see the 3000. That must have oh, been so cool. No. And I was like, yeah, I didn't see it. So oh, that's OK. No. I saw I saw enough uh, cool moments during my 16 years covering the Yankees yeah. that, uh, you know, I mean, Jeter's last game at Yankee Stadium was one of the cooler moments at least when it was all said and done and you got the game winning hit but you know you cover world series and stuff like that you have to just acknowledge when you're covering a baseball team you're not going to be at all 162 because you'd be a crazy person if you never took a day off yeah right sometimes things happen when you're not there so yeah i was at peace with it but like you said you've seen a a lot of right other other big moments Mm -hmm. so that's good now what do you think of the next season do you have any outliers that you think watch out for this team um, no, it's probably a lot of, I mean, you look at the teams that, that spent a lot of money this off season. I mean, the Mets figure to be really good. The Padres figure to be really good. The NL central to me is sort of a mishmash. I, I think you can make a case for the Cardinals, the Cubs or the Brewers to win that division. The Dodgers didn't really do much this off season, but they won 110 games last year. So even mm-hmm. if they drop 10 games off their record, they're still going to be a hundred win team. Um, you know, the Yankees, the Astros are both going to be very strong. I like the Blue Jays a lot. I think they're going to really make life difficult on the rest of the AL East this year. I think there are some really good teams in the sport, and I think it should be a really fun season. Roxy, 
I didn't hear the Red Sox in you know, there at all. I, I was, at all. I was prepared for that. <laughs> I tried to be gentle there. I, <laughs> and the Red Sox, well, man. They that, just ooh, suck, so. <laughs> I, look, I, I think they had a terrible year last year. Yeah. Everything that went wrong could have gone wrong did go wrong. And I still am a believer that they're not as bad as they were. The, the biggest problem they have right now is that they're in a division yeah. with – Three really good teams in the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Rays. And the Orioles had a really good year last year. And I'm really fascinated to see what happens with them this year. If they're in contention, do they go out and trade for a starting pitcher? Because I think they I was really hoping that they would make a big move this offseason to sort of capitalize on their success last year. But they've got a lot of really good young players. And I think uh, the core of that team, the future is very bright. Yeah. Uh, one of our co-hosts, diehard Orioles fans. Mm-hmm. So we're always in support of that. He actually, he was the best man at our wedding and he got me back into baseball. I kind of left it during college for whatever reasons. And then when I started touring is when I met him and he got me and I've been crazy psycho about baseball ever since. So, Well, when I went to college, I was a Yankee fan living three blocks from Fenway Park. So that was oh. a, uh, <laughs> that was an interesting thing. But, uh, yeah. but I went to... Red Sox games. I mean, that was the time where pre-StubHub, pre-SeatGeek, yeah. and all sure. these other yep. apps, you could go down. I literally, my freshman dorm was three blocks away from Fenway. Wow. And we would go down there at about 12.45 for a 105 game. You'd wait until about 1 o'clock, and invariably, you could buy a ticket for 5 bucks at that yeah. point because the scalpers just wanted to get rid of anything they had left. So yep. we went to a lot of Red Sox games. I always uh, I always loved going to Fenway. Wow. It's Super jealous. A great park. Now... <laughs> Thank you so much for all that. We don't usually do sports at all on this podcast. And it's just so great to get to talk to you and pick your brain about these things. Now, as you know, well, we told you, we do these fun, dumb questions. We hope that's okay if we get you out of here on some of those. Sure. All right, Roxy. Would you rather win an Olympic medal, an Academy Award, or the Nobel Peace Prize? I, I mean, given what we talked about earlier, I have to go with an Academy Award. Okay. Now, hey, you know, there's still time. Maybe, if you, if you know, you I wanna... actually have a friend who won an Oscar a few years ago, and I got to see it in his house, and I was like, I don't know that I've ever been this jealous of anybody ever. Well, maybe. what I was going to say is, you know, you still have those skills. If you ever want to yeah. direct, I'm sure you can still maybe... And Tony Award wasn't that on that in. list, I don't believe. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> Maybe once my kids are out of college, sure. I don't have to worry about yeah. uh, paying for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Mark, if you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? Cartoon character for a week. I'm going to go with James P. Sullivan from Monsters, Inc. Uh, I just, I love Sully. Sully's my, yes. Sully's one of my favorites. I love that movie. Got a little Sully uh, stuffed animal sitting on my desk, actually. Oh. I just like that he's a big, scary monster who can scare the hell out of anybody, but he's got a really good heart, and uh, that's not really his intention in life. So I'll go with Sully. Excellent. What is the one food you could never bring yourself to eat? Olives. I think they're just disgusting. There are very few foods that I will at least refuse to try or can handle. I, I, olives are one thing. I just I just don't like them. All okay. olives or just green or black? Which one? Uh, whatever olives I have ever tried, I'm never trying anymore. So, Interesting. Uh, All right. I, you know, when my friends get martinis and they get like these blue cheese stuffed olives, I'm like, you're ruining your drink. But they seem to like them. I'll, uh, I'll stick with non-olive products. Excellent. Nice. All right, if you were the host of Saturday Night Live, who would you want to introduce as your musical guest? Billy Joel. I mean, he's been my favorite, my favorite artist for pretty much my entire life. And, you know, I've seen him at the Garden during his residency probably 10 to 15 times. I'm not quite as crazy as the Steve Sands, Liz Clark, Springsteen uh, (laughs) fanatics, but probably Billy Joel. And if he wasn't available, I would say the Counting Crows, who's been my favorite band since college. Excellent. Roxy got her. Only dose of Billy Joel this past August for her birthday. I did. It was nice. the garden. That, I, that I, garden show is fantastic. Yeah. I grew up dancing it, to him in my little living room, and <laughs> I just, I've loved him forever, and it was, I finally got to see him live. Even at like 70 or 75 or whatever he is oh, now, he still puts on incredible. a hell of a show. It's unbelievable. He's incredible. Yeah. All right, Roxy, one more. All right. If you could host a game show, which one would it be? Ooh, good one. Ooh, that's a good question. I would say... Probably the price is right. Ah, yeah. Nice. Just because you get to interact with a lot of people, it's not Jeopardy. I'm not smart enough to host Jeopardy. I would get too many names wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and Wheel of Fortune, I feel like is just you sort of just stand there and tell people to spin the wheel. Yeah. Price is right. You get to interact a little bit. It's right. a bunch of games. Just the idea of being able to like during the break to drop a plinko chip would be awesome. So yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the prices right. Excellent. Cool. All right, let's end with some rapid fire. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. 
Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Uh, crunchy. Cat person or dog person? Dog person, but I've never had either because uh, I have allergies and so do my kids. But uh-huh. we want a dog. We just can't get one, but definitely dog person. Okay. Uranus jokes. Not funny or never not funny? Never not funny. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, thank you again for being such a good sport and doing this for us. We, I guess we should definitely quick shout out Elliot Olshansky because he's the one that hooked us up with yes. you. Uh, we really appreciate that. Mark, take a second. Plug anything you want to plug. How can we reach out to you, follow you on Twitter, stuff like that? Uh, you can read all of my work at MLB.com. You can see me from time to time on the MLB Network. And you can follow me on Twitter at Feinsand, which is just my last name, F-E-I-N-S-A-N-D. And then, of course, you can hear me from time to time on the Tony Kornheiser exactly, show. Exactly. Right. Yes. That's excellent. Awesome. All right. Because if not for that, we wouldn't be talking right now. Exactly. So. It always comes back to Tony. Yep. Especially on this podcast. Yep. All right. Well, Mark, thanks again so much. We really appreciate the time. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. And it's a source of contention in my house because my (laughs) wife is an under person. And every time that there's a new role, change it. It's back to over. And I think she (laughs) doesn't care enough to change it back, but she puts it as under every single time. And I, it's over. I don't understand how anybody could not be an over person. Thank you. Now, we have a similar situation. Roxy grew up under. I grew up as an under. But she's adaptable, as she I says. I can adapt. So she's, she understands my pain. <laughs> so, But, Mark, I've also said many times, I'm also smart enough that when the mother-in-law comes over, I switch it to under. Because, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm still earning those oh. points. I'm still a newlywed. I guess, so. fortunately, the mother-in-law doesn't ever use our master bathroom. So right. uh, I, don't really, I don't really care whether it's over or under downstairs in the... Uh, on the main floor. It's just gotcha. in, the, in, my, in our bathroom. And I'm an over guy. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. All right, Mark. Well, thanks again. We really appreciate the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. This is Sully from Boston. One, here comes the Friday Five. B, now we never have to hear the Sam Adams of Jiggles again. You're welcome. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. I, I, I don't wow. know what to say. I mean, the bad news is he didn't mention the Pirates or the Red Sox. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> We're like, who you got? <laughs> they ain't on the list. Bob yeah. Sproul and I are already betting the under on yeah. the Pirates. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Now, I have to say, Littles, I'm a little impressed. We'll get to the Friday Five. Hang tight. But I just noticed, I thought you were doing work over there. Ritz took notes. Ritz has he notes. Has <laughs> notes. He has notes about He's the Friday Five. About than we ever are. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is, well, I mean, he did see I print stuff out. All right, let's get it. First of all, we heard from a few people on this, but Todd Takei, what did he say about the XFL? Yep, episode 115, he says, XFL is minor league football. Okay. No, no punctuation, nothing, just XFL is minor league football. Okay. I mean, and that's fair enough. Now, I... You know, I don't know how much these guys are getting paid or whatever, yeah. but I mean, we have some littles. Hello, Jason Smorrell. Mm-hmm. That would, you know, arguably say minor league baseball is pretty good. Oh, so yeah. hello, XFL. Now, this brought up an interesting top. Now, first of all, let's go back. Did you watch any of the XFL last weekend? None. None. Okay. We came in and out. We didn't watch sort a whole of, game. We no. certainly didn't watch it like we watched the Super Bowl or anything like that. Mm-mm. But I was genuinely intrigued and I thought it would be fun just to like pick a team to root for and Washington has a team. Seattle has a, a really cool nickname. <laughs> uh, good, good uniform, too. Yeah, right. So, I mean, you know, it's whatever. Okay. I don't know. I just thought it wasn't as bad as I felt like people were making it out to be. I That's know all. you had it on, but I have no idea what was going on. Yeah. Well, it's I just, wasn't paying attention It's football. At all. I mean, there's some subtle differences, mm-hmm. but other than that, sure. I don't know. I just, just think in two months we'll have the USFL. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. Another but, one? Yes. Oh. All right. Let's get to the Friday Five. All right, here we go. This is from Brian Becker, and he says, With apologies to those that don't like waking up to a post that already has dozens of replies, here's this week's Friday Five. This rendition is sponsored by the fine folks at Hot Pockets, where every bite is a different temperature. And, and wait, and buy Viagra. Try it. How hard can it be? That's a dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Littles, I just handed this to Roxy. What? She did not know She's I was blushing. having her. I did not let her know she was reading this. I did not let her rehearse it. You want to read it again, Ross? No. (laughs) Should I give it a run? Sure. (laughs) This rendition is sponsored by the fine folks at Hot Pockets, where every bite is a different temperature and by Viagra. Try it. How hard can it be? Oh, okay. I thought it was. 
was, don't forget to buy yourself some Viagra. I thought that's what that meant. <laughs> and it was just misspelled with a different buy, but nope. Nope. Right. Okay. Here we go. All Roxy, right. what's number one? Number one. Now we're going to split these up, right? Yes. Okay. Number one, what's your favorite story about how a location was named? I think Ritz, you want to take this? Sure. A couple of coming to mind. First of all, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, which I think dates back to the radio show before it was a TV show. And there was some stunt where if a town agreed to change their name, they would broadcast the show there. I think there was some kind of legendary story like that. Another one that people might remember is Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, where they changed a town to then get the body of Jim Thorpe buried in that town. Oh, Very cute little town, by the way, in the Delaware Water Gap. (laughs) On your way to the Delaware Water Gap, we drive by one of our favorites growing up with four boys in the back of the station wagon. And my father would always point out the sign to Scott Run, Pennsylvania, which looks vaguely like Scrotum, Pennsylvania, (laughs) and always caused lots of laughter in the back of the aforesaid station wagon. That is so funny. Little, he has notes. I know. This We're is so great. unprepared, Roxy. This is great. What's number two? All right, number two. Which Schoolhouse Rock episode is your favorite? All right, we're all doing this one, right? Yeah. All right, I'll go first. Okay. Conjunction, junction, what's, what's your, your function? function? <laughs> all right. Mine's the bill. I'm just, I'm just a, a bill. bill. That one. On Capitol Hill. That all right. one. What do you got, Ritz? So many. This is the sweet spot <laughs> of my childhood. He's That's all for News Channel here. 12. Come he's on. I want, to, I want to look good on the TV broadcast. And he's wearing a shirt and tie. Tony yes. would be proud. Yes. He's recording the podcast in a shirt and tie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so many great ones. My Hero Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, great song. And I remember Naughty Number 9 was like this really cool bluesy I number. I don't remember that. Yeah. Sounds dirty. <laughs> Sounds naughty. What? Naughty. What is that accent you're trying to do? <laughs> what's, what's, oh, do behave. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do. There you go. I like it. All right, what's the next one? Number three, what nicknames for grandparent are used in your family? I'm going to answer this okay. one. So when I was a baby and first learning to talk, I called my grandma Nammy. Nammy? So Nammy was there for a long time. It didn't quite stick. Two I, M's? Nammy, N-A-M-M-Y. Right, yes. I like it. But I ended up calling my grandparents. I had grandma and grandpa and then Grammy and grandpa. So I didn't have a distinction between the two grandpas. I just oh. knew which one I was referring to when I was talking about them. So you them. just got rid of Nami? I did. But Nami was very, very cute. And my grandma actually used it as her screen name or her email address for a long time. So it was very sweet. We also have Graham and Pops. That's what my nephew calls my parents. I was going to ask parents. you. What, I, mm-hmm. that's what's Graham and Pops. He loves and Pops. Pops. And then what mm-hmm. is he... The in-laws. What is the he? in-laws are Nettie and Grandpa. What's the first one? Nettie. Nettie? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Nettie Fowler. No, well, her name <laughs> Go is... Go ahead, Littles. Her, Google her that n- one. No, her name is Nanette. So uh, Nettie is kind oh, of... Oh, that's yeah. fair. Okay. All yeah. right. Fair enough. Yeah. I just didn't know that, so I didn't know where yeah. that came from. But he's so. always like, Pops! Pops! <laughs> he loves his Pops. <laughs> A loyal listener. Pops. Yes. All right. What's the next one? Number four. Do you vocalize the first R in... <laughs> Here we go. February... <laughs> I just described how I did it. So okay, no, I'm just going to go out and say I didn't know February had two R's. So you kind of said it just now really Fe- fast. February. Fe- I still I can't. I, go, I just go February. Yeah. February Feb- if I break it down. Yeah. So I'm saying no, right? Right. Mm-hmm. February. How do you do it? February. So, so you, I don't know. I don't, maybe I don't I'm think sliding he did it either. through the I R. Think you slide, I think it's there faintly. February. I say it in my head when I'm writing it out. February. Well, you kind of have to to remember to spell it correctly. Mm-hmm. What's the you said Wednesday, right? That's the other one. Yeah. I to do this day, thing. I'm still. Whenever I write Wednesday, I say in my head Wednesday. <laughs> yes. Me too. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. But you don't say it like that. No, Wednesday. Wednesday. When. Or Wednesday. Like W H E N. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Number five. You are offered one dollar on the condition that you can no longer listen to music performed by a generally accepted popular artist. Note, as an example, you could listen to Dylan composed songs, just not Dylan performing them. Who is your band band singer? All right, so we're going to, this is mine. I think yeah. we could all do this one, actually. Mm-hmm. But my, we're going to file this under Chuck is a dope. I don't understand the question. <laughs> so you're saying you'll give me a dollar? So basically... Um, I want to hold out for more money. 
I don't I don't get it. Like what You're offered a dollar on the condition that you can no longer listen to music performed. I, I could so need like you a could, thousand of those. Like Do I cover, get a thousand dollars? Somebody who does a cover of somebody. Oh, wait, that's not how I took it. I took it as like if you give me a dollar, I can never listen to Billy Joel the rest of my life. But you can listen to other people perform other versions of oh, that. Oh, no, I don't want that either. Music. No, no, no. I'm 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 very particular. So, like basically So you'd say don't give me a dollar, I'm not listening to anything. No, 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 but I'm saying I I could be rich because I could go the rest of my life without Who's the chick oh. that did the Super Bowl? Oh, Rihanna. I don't even know her stuff. There's so many basically every week now in mm-hmm. my life, unfortunately, because I'm so old. Saturday Night Live. Right. You could give me a buck for I, I would never care if I listened to those people because yeah. I don't even know those people. Sure. So I feel like Tony on this. I really okay. do. But very get off my lawn right now. Well, Tony. I just I don't know them. So I don't care. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, sure. Give me a buck. I'd say give me 50 cents. You I don't have care. no skin in the game. Oh, <laughs> see, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Ooh. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you got? Ruth? You know, it's funny that the question mentions Bob Dylan because about 15 years ago, Dylan and Willie Nelson did a tour of baseball stadiums. Oh. And it was great. You would think this is fantastic, right in my wheelhouse. And I go up to Cooperstown to see them perform at Doubleday Field. (laughs) And I have to tell you, Dylan came out first, and he was awful to the point where Dylan fans who were around us said, like, what's wrong with him? Like, he just was Uh. phoning it in. He he never turned to face the audience. It was really bizarre. Something was up with Dylan, and Maybe from that moment him. on... He's probably stoned, right? Yeah, I yeah. don't know, but from that moment on, I was like, I just, I'm not into Bob Dylan anymore. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's some of those people, like, I don't want to go see them because I'm afraid they're going to be so bad now. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of 80s bands that I hear they're touring now, and like, like Hearts won. Yeah. I, but I heard they were terrible yeah. in concert, we like, two years ago. Sticks. Yeah, we went to see Sticks. They, they were, were okay. Fine. But, but they again, just, they did all their new stuff in the beginning and people were pissed. Right. But most of the new people. They were like, sing your old shit. <laughs> right. But most of the old people aren't with the band anymore. So, right. you know, it's right. almost like a cover band, most mm-hmm. people say. So I get yeah. it. Do you have any, Roxy? I don't know. I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, like, who would you like? Okay. I never have to hear them again. Whoever sings the song Cake by the Ocean. I don't know what oh, else they the sing. That's the Jonas Brothers. Oh. Is it? Okay, I could do without the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> yeah, so could we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the softball field anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. For those of you tuning in to News Channel 12, Chuck and Ritz just fist bumped. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the play-by-play, Roxy. You're welcome. All right, that's it, right? That's all of them? That's it, All right, yeah. thank you, Brian Becker, for the Friday Five. Yeah. And let's go watch some baseball. Ooh, I can't wait. One o'clock. Such a good time of year, I folks. mean, we'll, uh, we'll probably watch a couple innings. And that's it. Move <laughs> on because that'll all the starters will I be know. and then they'll mm-hmm. move on to somebody else if mm-hmm. they're even starting. I don't know. We're just excited. Nice. I'm sure Hurley's will have some games up on their Maybe. TVs we'll see. We could kind of tune in, tune out. What time is that, out. Roxy? 3.30. 3.30 today. Be there or be square. Hurley's yeah. 48th between 8th and Broadway. Broadway. Mm-hmm. All right, Ritz, thanks for popping by. This is awesome, First folks. Time. Once you get past the bright you know, studio lights for News Channel 4 or News Channel 12. 12. 12. <laughs> That's right. You know, and you got to make yourself around all of the cables in the studio. And all the high-tech uh, All the high-tech equipment. equipment. Yeah, they got right. lots of outlets in their kitchen, I can yep. assure you, <laughs> right. to power up this whole studio. <laughs> Absolutely. And most importantly, thank you, Mark Feinstein, for coming on yes. and treating us to a little pre-baseball season spectacular, I'm going to call it. It was you great. You think he'll come up to uh, give us a story on the Broadway show league? Uh, maybe. Ooh. That would be fun. How cool would that be? <laughs> I don't know. Who are you playing with? I'm a free agent, folks. Oh, okay. You okay. heard it here first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, remember, if you need a grip for your stick, go to stickgrip.com. If you need fog free eyewear, bogfreeeyewear.com. This is why. See? Uh-huh. See? Uh-huh. And remember, if you're going to buy a book, go to aaronsbooks.com. And make sure you use the code where it's in the comments. LLPod. Again, that's aaronsbooks.com. And type LL Pod, it's Loyal Little's Pod, in the comments section at checkout for 15% off. Use the code. Bye. I tried to be gentle. 100 years ago on PTI. 100 years ago on PTI. I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, today's 300 years since Galileo looked through a telescope. Tony, have you looked through a telescope? I'm Tony Kornheiser. Just last night I was peeking at Uranus. Ha ha ha, real funny. It's always funny. I told that one to Ty Cobb. Oh, I bet he was laughing, Tony. Yeah, while spiking me in the ankle. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, women get the right to vote. It won't last, Tony. Prohibition everywhere. That may last. Yeah, except in Grover Cleveland Alexander's glove. 
and Ray Chapman goes down from a Carl May submarine spitball. That's just sad, Tony. But we begin today with the sad state of the Senators rolling toward a sixth place finish in the American League under Clark Griffith. Yeah, Tony, despite Walter Johnson's no-hitter last month, that's the only bright spot. He stinks, Johnson. After 10 straight 20-win seasons, I can't watch the Senators. I get too upset. Yeah, Clark Griffith needs to shut up. Tony, the new National Football League is underway with Jim Thorpe as president. The Decatur Staleys are rolling under George Hallis. Yeah, but their quarterback, Pard Pierce, only five foot five. He's like a little boy out there. Yeah, well, if Hallis would coach him up. Babe Ruth is in his first year with the Yankees after coming over in the trade from Boston. Having a great year, Tony's gonna shatter his homer record from last year. Yeah, he can't keep it up. They should sell him back to Boston while his stock is up. Now would Frazee even take him? Mike, he was better as a pitcher. Tony, Bill, Tilden wins Wimbledon again. Is he your goat? Never be another Tilden. Tony, would you pay to see Jack Johnson fight again? Not unless it's against Jim Jeffries, and that's not gonna happen! That's the fight of the century, and we'll never see a better one. Wilbon, will there ever be a professional basketball league? <laughs> Why, Tony? Whoever thinks they'll pay to watch basketball needs to shut up! We're out of time. We'll try to do better the next time. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. I don't think Decatur will have trouble with the Columbus Panhandlers. As long as Hallis stays out of the way and learns to shut up. 26 inning game in Boston. Yeah, you slept through the last 23. Baseball needs lights. Never gonna have The defending champion White Sox, can they repeat? If Shoeless Joe stays healthy, Tony. The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. That's it. I'm boiling eggs. Oh, yeah.